1 Samuel chapter 18 After David had finished speaking with Saul, the souls of Jonathan and David were knit together, and Jonathan loved him as himself. And from that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And Jonathan removed the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. So David marched out and prospered in everything Saul sent him to do, and Saul set him over the men of war. And this was pleasing in the sight of all the people and of Saul's officers as well. As the troops were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and other instruments. And as the women danced, they sang out, Saul is slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was furious and resented the song. They have ascribed tens of thousands to David, he said, but only thousands to me. What more can he have but the kingdom? And from that day forward, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The next day, a spirit of distress sent from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house while David played the harp as usual. Now Saul was holding a spear, and he hurled it, thinking, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. So Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul sent David away and gave him command of a thousand men. David led the troops out to battle and back, and he continued to prosper in all his ways, because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw that David was very successful, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was leading them out to battle and back. Then Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Merib. I will give her to you in marriage. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. But Saul was thinking, I need not raise my hand against him. Let the hand of the Philistines be against him. And David said to Saul, Who am I, and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel, that I should become the son-in-law of the king? So when it was time to give Saul's daughter Merib to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Mahalah. Now Saul's daughter Michael loved David, and when this was reported to Saul, it pleased him. I will give her to David, Saul thought, so that she may be a snare to him, and the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, For a second time now you can be my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his servants, Speak to David privately, and tell him, Behold, the king is pleased with you, and all his servants love you. Now therefore become his son-in-law. But when Saul's servants relayed these words to David, he replied, Does it seem trivial in your sight to be the son-in-law of the king? I am a poor man and lightly esteemed. And the servants told Saul what David had said. Saul replied, Say to David, The king desires no other dowry but a hundred Philistine foreskins as revenge on his enemies. But Saul intended to cause David's death at the hands of the Philistines. When the servants reported these terms to David, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. Before the wedding day arrived, David and his men went out and killed two hundred Philistines. He brought their foreskins and presented them as payment in full to become the king's son-in-law. 
Then Saul gave his daughter Michael to David in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved David, he grew even more afraid of David. So from then on, Saul was David's enemy. Every time the Philistine commanders came out for battle, David was more successful than all of Saul's officers, so that his name was highly esteemed. Chapter 19 Then Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Jonathan delighted greatly in David, so he warned David, saying, My father Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning. Find a secret place and hide there. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, so I can ask about you. And if I find out anything, I will tell you. Then Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul and said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David. He's not sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been highly beneficial to you. He took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced, so why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? Saul listened to the voice of Jonathan and swore an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan summoned David and told him all these things. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul to serve him as he had before. When war broke out again, David went out and fought the Philistines and struck them with such a mighty blow that they fled before him. But as Saul was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand, a spirit of distress from the Lord came upon him. While David was playing the harp, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. But the spear struck the wall, and David eluded him, ran away, and escaped that night. Then Saul sent messengers to David's house to watch him and kill him in the morning. But David's wife, Michael, warned him, If you do not run for your life tonight, tomorrow you will be dead. So Michael lowered David from the window, and he ran away and escaped. Then Michael took a household idol and laid it in the bed, placed some goat hair on its head, and covered it with a garment. When Saul sent the messengers to seize David, Michael said, He is ill. But Saul sent the messengers back to see David and told them, Bring him up to me in his bed so I can kill him. And when the messengers entered, there was the idol in the bed with the quilt of goat's hair on its head. And Saul said to Michael, Why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away and he has escaped. Michael replied, He said to me, Help me get away or I will kill you. So David ran away and escaped, and he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel went to Naioth and stayed there. When Saul was told that David was at Naioth in Ramah, he sent messengers to capture him. But when they saw the group of prophets prophesying, with Samuel leading them, the Spirit of God came upon them, and Saul's messengers also began to prophesy. When this was reported to Saul, he sent more messengers, but they began to prophesy as well. So Saul tried again and sent messengers a third time, and even they began to prophesy. Finally, Saul himself left for Ramah and came to the large cistern at Seku, where he asked, Where are Samuel and David? At Naioth and Ramah, he was told. So Saul went to Naioth and Ramah, but the Spirit of God came upon even Saul, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naioth and Ramah. 
Then Saul stripped off his robes and also prophesied before Samuel, and he collapsed and lay naked all that day and night. That is why it is said, Is Saul also among the prophets? Chapter 20 Then David fled from Nioth to Ramah. He came to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my iniquity? How have I sinned against your father that he wants to take my life? Far from it, Jonathan replied. You will not die. Indeed, my father does nothing great or small without telling me. So why would he hide this matter from me? This cannot be true. But David again vowed, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he has said, Jonathan must not know of this, or he will be grieved. As surely as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you desire, I will do it for you. So David told him, Look, tomorrow is the new moon, and I am supposed to dine with the king. Instead, let me go and hide in the field until the third evening from now. If your father misses me at all, tell him. David urgently requested my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because there is an annual sacrifice for his whole clan. If he says, Good, then your servant is safe. But if he is enraged, you will know he has evil intentions. Therefore deal faithfully with your servant, for you have brought me into a covenant with you before the Lord. If there is iniquity in me, then kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Never, Jonathan replied. If I ever found out that my father had evil intentions against you, would I not tell you? Then David asked Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, he replied, let us go out to the field. So the two of them went out into the field, and Jonathan said, By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will sound out my father by this time tomorrow or the next day. If he is favorable toward you, will I not send for you and tell you? But if my father intends to bring evil on you, then may the Lord punish me, and ever so severely, if I do not tell you and send you on your way in safety. May the Lord be with you, just as he's been with my father, and as long as I live, treat me with the Lord's loving devotion, that I may not die, and do not ever cut off your loving devotion from my household, not even when the Lord cuts off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord hold David's enemies accountable. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his vow out of love for him, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed if your seat is empty. When you have stayed three days, hurry down to the place you hid on the day this trouble began, and remain beside the stone Azel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as if I were aiming at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, Go, find the arrows. Now, if I expressly say to him, Look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, it is safe for you, and there is no danger. But if I say to the young man, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter you and I have discussed, the Lord is a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his usual place by the wall opposite Jonathan and beside Abner, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day because he thought, 
Something has happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But on the day after the new moon, the second day, David's place was still empty, and Saul asked his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David urgently requested my permission to go to Bethlehem, saying, Please let me go, because our clan is holding a sacrifice in the city, and my brothers told me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me go and see my brothers. That is why I did not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger burned against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the disgrace of the mother who bore you? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingship shall be established. Now send for him and bring him to me, or he must surely die. Why must he be put to death? Jonathan replied. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan to kill him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger and did not eat any food that second day of the month, for he was grieved by his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for the appointment with David, and a small boy was with him. He said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. And as the boy ran, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy reached the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called to him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then Jonathan cried out, Hurry, make haste, do not delay. So the boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. But the boy did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Then Jonathan gave his equipment to the boy and said, Go, take it back to the city. When the young man had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone, fell face down, and bowed three times. Then he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept together, though David wept more. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for the two of us have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be a witness between you and me, and between your descendants and mine forever. Then David got up and departed, and Jonathan went back into the city.